Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 351. Episode 350 on Key Largo is available on the website. So I hope you're enjoying the summer movie series. I've had a lot of fun doing this. We're almost at the end. It's hard to believe. But today I want to talk about one of my favorite and underrated uh, romantic comedies. So obviously... When Harry Met Sally is one of the biggest, most iconic rom-coms of all time. In fact, I thought about doing that movie for this series, but that movie has been talked about so much, and it is the definitive rom-com of its era, of its decade, but I think also today, and it, it probably stands as one of the most definitive romantic comedies of all time. And uh, it certainly is a highlight of Billy Crystal's. But I want to talk about another movie And this one is not as well known, but I think it is highly underrated and unappreciated. And I think it is excellent in its own right. It is 1995's Forget Paris. Uh, It stars Billy Crystal, who not only uh, starred in the movie, but he wrote the script, he produced it, and he directed it. I mean, Billy Crystal, uh, who's one of my favorite uh, comedic actors of all time, is an incredible tour de force. And you get a full appreciation of someone who's just multi-talented, who was able to wear so many chef's hats and spin so many plates to pull off a movie. Uh, so he stars as the main character, Mickey Gordon. He plays an NBA ref. And what I love about this movie, there are a couple things I want to point out. The opening, I think, is so unusual. It is so unexpected. You start out with a close-up of a um, uh, an elderly woman, and you see her hands, And you're not entirely sure where this movie's going. And then all of a sudden it pans out and you see that she's sitting uh, right in front of an organ and it pans out even more. And you see that actually she is the organist who plays the the kickoff theme for uh, for an NBA game. And that is an incredible opening. It's really a great head fake. It's one of those where you just wouldn't expect to see something like that in a rom-com or any film, really. And I think it is it is a fantastic way to just grab your attention. So Billy Crystal plays this NBA ref. He's a uh, he's a bachelor, and he's um, and the movie actually uh, begins. Uh, midway through the story, so after the uh, after the opening and after the um, the uh, flash, it's actually a flashback to to an NBA game where the characters uh, Andy and Liz, they're the, they're this couple that are getting married. Andy's played by Joe Mantegna, and Liz is played by Cynthia Stevenson. They're sitting in this uh, Italian restaurant where Andy is uh, talking to Liz about uh, Mickey. And what's great is that there are so many layers in this movie. So Andy and Liz uh, reminisce about how they met, and they met through an accidental fax that one sent to the other, and then um, and and they're kind of recounting it as to how their story is pretty unique. And Liz thinks that's the most unusual way that uh, anyone has ever met. And then Andy is like, "Well, no." Actually, Mickey and Ellen uh, take that prize. So we have Mickey Gordon established as this ref. And then Ellen, uh, who comes into this picture, um, is played by Deborah Winger. And, and fantastic casting in this. And uh, as the story unfolds, Mickey's father, who he was estranged with, has passed away. And he served in the war. And uh, his last or dying wishes were that he wanted to be buried with his uh, comrades in uh in paris or in france so 
Mickey uh, takes his flight to Paris, and as it happens, the airline misplaces the uh, the casket uh, containing his father. And so Mickey is just stranded at the airport for a couple of days. And Ellen is introduced as someone who works as an executive for the airline. She's an expat, grew up in the States, and has been living in Paris for a number of years. And through this, this is the catalyst through which they meet. And this is all being told by Andy to Liz. And I love this narrative device. I talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, Boiler Room, which is usually a similar device in which the story begins in the middle and it just kind of flashes back. Well, this is sort of the same device and it's it's not always used well, but here I think it's really, really well established. It just, the framing of the story works in terms of starting with a flashback and as told by these two characters. And we get to see uh, through the retelling and through these flashbacks uh, how Mickey and Ellen just start this whirlwind romance while they're in Paris. There are a lot of uh, there's a lot of sparks that fly, but there's also some complications as Ellen is going through a separation uh, from her husband. It turns out that she's married. And so they have to kind of navigate all of this. And uh, as the story unfolds, it, it uh, goes back and forth between this restaurant in which uh, you know they're celebrating their engagement and their upcoming wedding, and then all these other characters kind of roll in, people who are connected to Mickey and Ellen. So you've got, uh, and the rest of the cast, you've got Craig and Lucy, they're played by Richard Massour, and Julie Kavner, who many people know uh, from her voice as is playing uh, Marge Simpson. This is one of those uh, rare on-screen roles, and she's fantastic. And, and Craig and Lucy are a quirky couple. They're friends of Mickey and Ellen. And then you've got uh, another couple that comes in, the late great John Spencer as Jack and Kathy Moriarty as Lois. They're friends of Mickey and Ellen, but uh, and they know uh, Andy and Liz, but they're meeting Craig and Lucy. So you have all these people who are connected to Mickey and Ellen who are coming in. And as they come into this restaurant, they're adding more and more to the story, really informing Liz as to this whole mythology of Mickey and Ellen, their story. And that's how the, the movie is really told, is from the point of view of these friends who are really uh, just explaining who these people are and, and their whirlwind romance and their relationship. And You've got other characters that come into play, including uh, at some point, Mickey and Ellen do get married, uh, I think within the first quarter of the film. And then really what this movie is about, it's about marriage. And what I love about this movie, whereas When Harry Met Sally is really about two people coming together. And that's all about how the friendship between those two characters over time develops into a romance. And so many romantic comedies are about that. They focus on two characters getting together. And by the end of the movie, you know, they've, they've triumphed over all these adversities to, to get together and, and work things out. And, you know, presumably they live happily ever after. What I love about Forget Paris and I talked about this a little bit with Oliver's stories, that it focuses more on a topic that we don't talk about as much. In the case of Forget Paris, it focuses on the day-to-day of a marriage, in particular with these two characters who are getting married. Mickey Gordon was a lifelong bachelor. He's getting married a little bit later in life. And Ellen, who is uh, Mickey's contemporary, she's divorced and was living in Paris and now is marrying Mickey 
and moving back to the States. So there's a lot that they're juggling. I mean, these two individuals who are very headstrong, strong personalities, very passionate people in very different careers. So Mickey, um, he's a traveling referee for the NBA. He travels all over the country. He's not used to sharing his life with someone. Ellen uh, has been a lifelong uh, executive at an airport, and you know she's really just this ambitious, headstrong woman. And they're both on very different schedules, very different timetables, and they have to kind of navigate being a couple. And that's really what this movie is about. And along the way, you've got all these other characters. And that's what I love about this is that it balances out an ensemble cast. And every actor and actress in this movie does a really fantastic job. And yet the movie takes its time. It establishes who these people are. It has a very clear narrative. And despite the fact that there's so many characters, you never get lost or confused. And that, I think, is something that uh, is not easy to do. Billy Crystal, I think, credit to him as a director and a writer, makes it look really easy because each character is very well-defined. Each character has a quirk that you see come out through the movie and their relationship to Mickey and Ellen is sort of the nucleus of all of that. And I, that's one of the things that I love about this movie. The movie does have that courtship romance, but that's really settled in the first quarter. The majority of the movie is about Mickey and Ellen's marriage. That's not something you see every day. It's not a topic that is as, you know, that is as fun to explore as, say, the courtship. Like I was talking about with Oliver's story, which just focuses more on the grief process or the grieving process when you lose someone who's close to you as opposed to the whirlwind romance of its predecessor. Similarly, Forget Paris focuses more on what happens after two characters get together and they live presumably happily ever after. It showcases that that's not always the case, that there are things that you know couples have to navigate. There are a lot of uh, negotiations. There's sometimes conflict there are all sorts of things that, that go into that, and that's not always explored in movies, and that's one of the reasons why I really love Forget Paris. I think it's an underrated movie. It's not as famous as When Harry Met Sally, and many would argue it's not quite as good. I disagree. I, I really think it's a fantastic film. In fact, I remember when it came out, uh, it was uh, spring of 1995. I actually saw it in the summertime around June, and I remember it was billed as What Happens after Harry Mary Sally. It's not a direct sequel to When Harry Met Sally, but the idea is When Harry Met Sally focuses on these two people getting together, and that's what you see all the way through that movie. Forget Paris is more about what happens after the romance, what happens after the wedding, how do these two people navigate life as a couple. So I think it's a totally underrated film. I highly recommend it. There's some beautiful cinematography in it, and the soundtrack is absolutely fantastic. This is actually one of the movies that really made me fall in love with jazz because there are some incredible jazz staples and classics in this film. Billy Crystal is known as a big jazz lover, and he uh, he worked with Mark Shaman, uh, who, who does a lot of um, uh, romantic comedy films to do the score. And the score is really good, but they have some really incredible jazz classics with, uh, you know, from... Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong, and I own the soundtrack in addition to the movie, and and if you're looking for a great collection of jazz classics, the soundtrack to this film, I think, is one that I would highly recommend. 
So let me wrap it up by talking about the good uh, and the bad. The good, I think, is the narrative structure. I've talked about this a couple weeks ago with Boiler Room. I love that it starts in the middle. It backtracks, and through the point of view of all these characters, you build up to the story. You find out who Mickey and Ellen are, and I think it's a great way to tell the story. Phenomenal performances by this ensemble cast. Oftentimes when you have this many characters in a movie, the movie can get bogged down. There are times where you feel like not enough uh, time or development is spent on each character. Some characters get the short shrift. Sometimes a, a cast can feel very crowded. Not so with this movie. This movie expertly and competently juggles every single character. Every single character is memorable. All the actors and actresses give phenomenal performances here. And I, and I especially want to give a shout out to Deborah Winger. I love the fact that in this movie that uh, Billy Crystal and the producers, they cast someone who was Billy Crystal's contemporary, which I think is, is not something you always see uh, in a, in a rom-com. And, and she does a fantastic job in this movie. Uh, I will say that the writing is very witty. There's a lot of humor in this movie. You won't, you won't have kind of the laugh out loud kind of really uh, shocking comedic moments like the deli scene in When Harry Met Sally, which is so famous. But I think that this movie does have some great moments of its own. There's some there's humor. There's wit. There's also uh, there's also some genuine emotions that uh, that you feel with the, with this couple as you kind of go through their journey. Phenomenal soundtrack. I just need to give a shout out to that. Some jazz classics. Like I said, I own the soundtrack. The soundtrack I think is worth owning. Uh, or you know, find it on Spotify and put it on your playlist. In terms of the negatives, now here I'm going to be biased. I don't really think that this movie has too many negatives. In fact, I don't really, I can't really think of one that is worth mentioning. Uh, like I said, it's not When Harry Met Sally. So I would say go into this. Don't expect When Harry Met Sally. Uh, but if you go into this just uh, with an open mind and knowing that this is more about what happens after that uh, couple in the movie gets together, then I think you will really come to appreciate it. It is a, a slower film, uh, but I think it moves confidently. I don't think there are any slow moments in it. I think it takes its time, and yet the, the plot keeps moving, and I think you get invested with these characters. Uh, I'm going to give this one a solid five out of five stars. Where can you catch uh, Forget Paris? Now, uh, right now, I don't think it's streaming on any of the major services. It was on HBO Max not too long ago, and HBO Max is where I tend to see it come up in rotation every couple of months. So if you want to wait, you might want to uh, see it on HBO Max. That's probably where it's going to end up. I've also seen it, I think, in a couple of other places as well. So right now, I don't think it's on any of the major streaming networks. You can always try Hoopla. I always recommend try Hoopla to see if your library has a digital copy you can rent. Or if you uh, go to your library, see if they have it in the DVD collection to, to rent the physical media. Of course, I will have affiliate links if you want to rent or buy this movie from Amazon in the write-up. Remember, uh, the write-up always has that for the uh, summer movie series. I'll also have write-ups uh, for the, uh, as I mentioned last week, for the uh, books that I'm continuing to read. For those of you who want to keep up with uh, what's on my reading list, you can also connect with me on Goodreads. I have all of that in the write-up. So Forget Paris, I think, fantastic movie worth adding to your summer watch list. I think it's also a worthy addition to any library. And do check out the soundtrack. If you've always been curious to check out jazz, 
this is a great movie that will introduce you to some real jazz classics. And like I said before, this is the movie that turned me into a big jazz lover. All right, the write-up for this episode is available on the website at bemovingforward.com, along with all the other summer movies that I've covered so far. I hope you will check out Forget Paris. Have a great week, have a great weekend, and I'll be back next week.